Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host. And boy, oh boy, do I have a special guest on today. This woman is a, well, she's a health coach. And we're going to get into her story here in just a second. I want to welcome my new, fairly new friend, Christy Jones. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me on, Ken. I'm excited to be here. I am happy to have you here. So I met you on a live stream with um, Glenn Morshower. Yeah. And um, um, we had other people on that night. Yeah. Christopher Rauch. <laughs> Christopher Roush, yep, yeah, yeah. We, we had a bunch of people on. Yeah. So, um, and I just fell in love with what you were talking about and your energy, and um, and I just thought, you know what, let's get her on and 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 hear her hear hear her story. So, um, so we've got some people already jumping on, Mike and. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Corey and Cindy. And so, so Christy, this is, I created this show a couple of years ago and I've interviewed hundreds of celebrities and entrepreneurs. Um, and you know, everybody comes on and, and, and look, there's a lot of people in life, especially right now who feel stuck and, and, you know, by hearing other people's stories of how they hit obstacles and overcame them. Mm -hmm. I don't think I absolutely know that it's empowering to other people. So that's what this is about. So let's start with where you were born and raised. Okay. So I was born in Burbank and, and grew up for seven years of my life in Sherman Oaks, California. So yeah. I'm a California girl. I've never really lived more than an hour away from one location. Except wow. for, I did move to San Diego one year <laughs> in, in college. I moved to San Diego for a year. So obviously okay. that didn't last very long. <laughs> but then so, uh, from, yes, from there I moved to Arcadia. So Burbank and that, that's a nice area, isn't it? Like, mm, you know what? I don't really remember. I mean, I'm still only about an hour, maybe 45 minutes away from Burbank. Um, but I don't really remember it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah. I don't get out there much. So is that, that, where did you end up going to like grade school and middle school and high school? So it started in Sherman Oaks, but interestingly enough in Sherman Oaks, they started busing when I was in second grade. And so, because my parents didn't want me to be bused to a different school district, um, we moved to Arcadia because they had really good schools. Okay. So Arcadia is more upper upper middle class, really good schools. So one of the challenges in moving to that school district is it was much higher performing. And okay. um, I wasn't really, I, I, I like to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I still like to play. And, and so I, I don't think I had a lot of focus on school, but I had some learning challenges as well. So coming into Arcadia, the expectations were much higher and I came in behind and in school was definitely a challenge for me. So where is, like, is that still, is that like in the Los Angeles, greater yeah. Los Angeles? So, if you, so are you familiar with Pasadena? No. Okay. Not, I mean, I've only been to California a couple of times. So. Okay, so, uh, so from Los Angeles, it's going to be about an hour. Oh, okay. on traffic, it could be maybe 
35 minutes or it could be three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I've heard that. It depends. Right now, it's really easy, easy traveling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so you, east. so you grew up in California. You've been there mm -hmm. your whole life. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, did you end up going to college? A little bit. Um, I will say, you know, if I give you a little bit of a background is, yeah. um, you know, I grew up, like I said, I had a lot of learning challenges and probably what a lot, you know, how we have incidents in our lives that really kind of set our course and set a belief in ourselves. And as I was telling you, as we hopped on this show, I've been breaking up with my story of starting in that chronological um, order. And you were reminding me how powerful it can be when people know what you've experienced. Right. And so once again, even as I share some of these things, the insights that I've learned from them, I truly believe my mom and I have been on a, a path together in life that has been really important for both of us and really mm -hmm. powerful. And so how I look back now is very different than how I used to look back as a child. But those experiences definitely had an impact on my life. Yeah. So just starting out, you know, my mom um, had me when she was 18. She was very young and um, and and you know, I mean, she was still a child and then then brought a child into the world. And my dad was actually um, the son of Randolph Scott. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He was an old time actor. Sure. I've heard and, of him. And so um, so those were my grandparents. But it mm -hmm. was so my my mom was really invited into this world of fame at a very mm -hmm. young age. And my dad had a lot of dysfunction. And so, you know, they, they separated very early on. And so then my mom was a single mom and I just have so much love and respect for her and what makes me cry. Right. Because of mm. we had to grow up so quickly. Yeah. One of the blessings is that her parents, my grandparents, they owned a property in, um, in North Hollywood. And my grandpa was a gardener. And his property, you know how like on a street, usually it'll be like you have a house and you have yep. your backyard and then there'll be a backyard and a house, uh, you know, behind you. Yep. Yeah. Well, he owned both properties. So, oh. so his house was here on one street and then his property went all the way to the other side. Wow. And then my aunt lived next door on that other side. Okay. And so he he had this huge garden and this huge nursery. And so I got to grow up a lot, like learning how to grow vegetables. <laughs> Maybe and, that's why I'm a health coach. <laughs> in Hollywood? <laughs> in North Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, this was a different time, yeah. you know? And um, so I got to play in the dirt a lot. And, and he just was so fun at um, helping me tap into my creativity and just talk, always came from kindness and love. Yeah. So, you know, we were really embraced just with amazing, um, grandparents, which I feel so grateful for. And, and he has been one of the biggest mentors in my life. And then my grandma was just amazing. Cause like she made pie every night. <laughs> really? Really? Minerals. I mean, everything was homemade. Wow. Um, and she just was this amazing baker. So, um, so there were so many, like, I guess they challenges. And at the same time, so much love at the same time. Um, and then my, my mom ended up meeting my dad who she married when I was four. 
And, and then he's the one that decided we'd move to Arcadia. So, you know, just so many blessings in there of um, then getting to have this, this role model as a dad, which I didn't have. My dad has never been in my life. Wow. And so it, it left a big hole. And so, so here's, here's something I'll touch on. Having parent, grandparents that were famous and, and thinking that them being famous made me important. Mm. And at the same time, um, at a young age, we really, like, I'd get really amazing birthday presents from them. I'd get, you know, um, emerald necklaces and earrings and fun, you know, just really nice things. But there was very little communication. Mm. And so, so I thought that their fame made me important. And then I also thought, but they're not, you know, they're not reaching out to me. Like one of my biggest desires was that they would come to my birthday party. And I would cry like every birthday, like, mom, why won't they just come to my birthday? And so they were in Beverly Hills and we were in Arcadia. Arcadia wasn't um, Beverly Hills. (laughs) (laughs) Were they, did they, do you, do you feel like they felt like it was beneath them? Yes, absolutely. That's and, why they didn't come to your I mean, birthday. I don't really know, but as a kid, you know, as a kid, I really had a hard time understanding that. So that that really put a big. Um, yeah. It just it, it was a big part of my self identity of okay, well, here's these people that other people look up to, right? Mm-hmm. And so I must be special. But then they don't. They're not really in my life. So what does that mean about me? Right. And so that, you know, and as a kid, we create all sorts of things in you our took, head. You took it personal. Mm-hmm. I took it very personally. Wow. And so that was part of a forming um, just self-identity yeah. that, you know, I would always tell people they were my grandparents because I thought if people knew that, then they would know I was special. Wow. What I didn't know is that I was special on my own without being attached to them. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you are special. I can- <laughs> I just love your energy and you like, you know, I, I, I read energy pretty well on people and, and like you just exude this, this love. It's amazing. So I was going (laughs) to ask you, have you ever been to the Midwest, like to Ohio? You know what? I have never been to Ohio, but hopefully my friend Rana's watching that's in Ohio. And I was going to ask where you're in Ohio because she's in Ohio. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just north of Columbus, about 45 minutes. So so we have dirt. Like you said, you played in the dirt. Like that's all we have here. <laughs> it's like, well, it's really good for building a healthy gut. <laughs> Well, I have been, I've been to Iowa. So my grandparents were from Iowa. Okay. Okay. And so I went to Iowa once (laughs) and my, my, my mom planned a trip when I was 16 and I was in my height of just rebelling and, and not being a very kind person to my parents. Uh, well, there, there's your, is that, that's your, um, that's Rana. Yes. Yes. Rana. Where, where are you, Rana? You can tell us where you are. So, um, <clears throat> oh, she's in Sandusky. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. We go up to Sandusky and, and take the uh, jet express over to the islands. She knows what I'm talking about. So, so, um, as a matter of fact, my wife's father had a sailboat up there for years. 
But um, anyway, so I don't want to get too far off. So, so you said now we, uh, my question was, did you go to, um, college? <laughs> we took a long, so we you, a long way, right? Yeah, you so, went, to, you went yeah. to college for a little bit. You said I went to college for a little bit. And so, um, you know, I'm going to give you a little bit more that leads into this. So having my grandfather be who he was, one of the things that he had promised my mom is that oh, I'd always be taken care of. So I was raised with the belief that I'd always be taken care of. Yeah. Be very careful what you tell your children. <laughs> right, right. So I thought, you know, here, nothing else was ever said about this except for what I'd been raised with that belief. And so I, I, mm -hmm. I didn't really think about college a whole lot. I had uh, my brother and sister are nine and 12 years younger than me. Right. And so um, we had very different lives of, you know, I'm going to back up a little bit. When I was seven, my mom had a, a baby. And um, when she was six months old, she passed away. Oh, so, so that that, you know, that incidence really put our family into a, a just, you know, you can imagine mental, emotional health um, was, yeah. um, you know, there was a lot that we went through together in those years. Yeah. And so then my brother and sister, my brother was born nine years later, a couple of years later, and and our family was able to really heal and move forward. But the things that we experienced in those few years um, left were very traumatic. So I would say I viewed life from a very, I didn't understand trauma at that time. And I didn't understand one of my passions is trauma-informed education because yeah. your experiences, as you know, Ken, right, they change your brain and they yeah. change what you believe in yourself. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, the focus became more of my brother and sister and their activities. And there was a lot of focus on their activities. So their life was very different because everything was very settled. Every, you know, they were really established in the community. And so, and I was still kind of living in that trauma. Right. Right. And so, so when my, so when I graduated, I hadn't even thought of college, like all my friends had taken their SAT and they were accepted into their four year universities. And I was like, Oh, what am I supposed to do? Right. <laughs> so my friends moved to San Diego to go to school, to go to San Diego state. And so I followed them because that's where they were going right. and, 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 and went to junior college. But I literally went there because my friends were going there. <laughs> so, but the 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 grandparents, the and what were their names again? So it was Randolph Scott. Okay, Randolph yeah. Scott. Those the and so those are your your famous grandparents. Um, were they? So they weren't. They were never really there. Like, hey, we're gonna take care of college for you, and you're gonna right. So so. Yeah, I mean, when I did, so then my grandfather passed away when I was 16. And okay. so, um, interestingly enough, at 16, I lost my grandfather, who was my mom's dad. And then I lost, you know, Randolph Scott passed away. And then my my dad that has raised me, his dad passed away. So within... All at the... In the mm -hmm, wow. Yeah, all within the same amount of time. Wow. So, um, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. But from, 
from, from there, then, you know, I was in communication with my grandma. So my grandma was always who I communicated with. I yeah. never got to communicate with my grandfather. So if once I was a baby and I stopped seeing him, I never got that communication. And I was always just told what a wonderful man he is. He's such a kind man, such a kind man. And, and his, and my grandma, um, wow. I'm trying that. I just keep things nice. <laughs> but anyway, when I, when I told her I was going to go to college, she did pay for that. Oh, so did she? And this is the grandma. Randolph Scott grandparents. Yes, so that's his. Okay. Yeah. So that was his wife. Um, I got you. Scott. Yeah. So then she paid for me to go to junior college and, and, you know, was, you know, anytime that I went to school, they paid for it. Yeah. 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 So, so you, you, um, <clears throat> you ended up going to college for a little bit, you said. Yes. <laughs> and then I came back. Okay. You know, finding that life was challenging. My roommate was doing drugs that I didn't know. And, um, and it just, things kind of got a little bit crazy there. Yeah. And so yeah. I came back to go to school. And okay. um, then I reconnected with a man that I had met before I went to San Diego. Okay. And we started dating and, and, um, and so I went back to school and then I got pregnant and, um, you know, whenever you, that happens, marriage is always the best solution, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so at 20, I, um, got pregnant and we decided to get married and, um, I left school to, to, you know, to be a mom. Yeah. And part of what was there for me is that, well, maybe I, I didn't leave school quite at that time, but right. when I was six months pregnant. I, um, the umbilical cord twisted and the nutrients got cut off to the baby and the baby passed away. Oh my gosh. So, you know, here I had just switched my life that I'm going to be a mom. Oh, and, and, I, and you got married and I got married, right? Because you were pregnant. <laughs> And then, and now there's no baby. And so um, what I will say in that is the, the blessing in that, and this is an important message I'd like to get out. When my sister passed away, the ambulance came to the house and, and they took her. So what happened is she passed away in her sleep. She had, um, we'd been at the doctor the night before or the day before she got her immunizations. She had a huge reaction to those immunizations and um, when, when, you know, when, when she went to sleep that night, when she woke, when my mom woke up in the morning, my sister had passed away. Oh my God. And so, you know, um, there's, there's actually a study done that kids in a certain age time, they were, um, there was a high percentage of death from immunizations. Wow. At that time. Okay. So, so what happened is they actually took the paramedics came and they took um, my sister and they wouldn't let my mom go on the ambulance with her. And mm. so when my mom saw my sister, she was embalmed and in a casket. Oh my God. And so if you think what that does to a parent, like not getting to say goodbye to your baby, you know, mm. you've changed that since then. But I mean, that's, I mean, just imagine. No, I can't. I can't. And so for me, as, as hard as it was to lose a baby, yeah. well, I had to go through, I had to go through delivery, knowing that I'm delivering a, a baby that's not alive. Oh my God. And, and so there, and it, it was a hard labor. Like my body did not want to go into labor. Um, and so my mom, you know, my parents were there 
And really interesting is when all my grandfathers passed away, the adopted grandfather that came into our life was my elementary principal that I wow. met when I was seven, when I moved wow. to Arcadia. And we have just such a deep history with him. He is actually the one that, you know, when I went to school, he, you know, introduced me to the school. When my sister passed away, you know, and my parents came to school, I was actually at school when, when my parents needed to let me know about my sister. He was the one that told me that my sister had passed away. The day after he um, came to my house and told me I didn't have to go to school. And then he was just vital in helping our family, you know, go through that time. So interestingly wow. enough, he lived in Oklahoma at that time that I had, that I lost my baby and he happened to be in town and he was at the hospital as when I delivered her. Oh, wow. So just the, the support of being able to welcome this baby in and everybody got to hold her. Her name was Andrea. Mm -hmm. Everyone got to hold her. They encouraged us to name her and, mm -hmm. and to actually have a service for her. And so, you know, we got to, to welcome her into the world and say goodbye. And uh, then he's, um, I don't know if I would say he's a minister, but he, he lived his life very much as a, as a, as a minister ministering everybody in school. And so the timing, you know, God puts people in our life right at the exact time. Yeah. And yeah. so that he got to be there. Now, one of the things that we did is I actually, we were able to hold a service at my church for her, a memorial service for Andrea. And women came to that service that had had miscarriages that had never been able to grieve their child, maybe never been able to grieve their child publicly. So that service was not only for my baby, but for her, for their baby as well. Wow. And so often it's not acknowledged. You know, people say, oh, you just had a miscarriage. That's not just a, that's a life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So, so, and you were, how you said 20? Yes. And, and newly married. Yes. To the love of your life. We are both amazing people with very few tools. <laughs> <laughs> At that age. At that age, right? You know, you don't quite have your toolbox of well. We I don't want to. I don't want to point out the obvious, but there's a burglar behind you in a hoodie. I know. I did not tell my son that we were going to be doing this, and oh. I figured he wouldn't be up yet. <laughs> so that's my son, Scott. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't know we're doing this. Well, welcome to the podcast, Scott. He, he so. he's used to me being with clients, and that he could kind of sneak in, but oh. it's not usually that way. <laughs> I got you. So, so, so at 20, 20 years old, you, you, you went through some, some serious trauma and, and, and it sounds like, I mean, listening to you now, it sounds like you handled it, um, as well as possible yes with, with having by having some unbelievable people in your yes in yeah. your life yeah and you know i really was able to see the difference of being able to grieve for your child and hold that yeah. baby versus what my mom went through so yeah you know, mm. yeah, yeah. It, it just the healing process 
is so much different when you get you get the opportunity to grieve yeah to be in contact with um that child wow yeah so so what happened from there so for me i couldn't move forward past um you know i'm gonna be a mom so even though i'm i'm only 20 and i could start looking at what would i like to do with my life um and go back to school i was really stuck on we had the crib you know like i'm supposed to be a mom and so that was my focus and so a year later um i was able to have my my daughter who's my oldest daughter she's her name's hillary and so that you know that was my course is i just feel like I need to be a mom that that's what I was prepared for. I changed my life for that. And that's the direction I need to head. Right. Right. So, so where, where did you go from there? So where did I go? So, you know, once again, we weren't really set up financially or um, with a lot of tools, but then, you know, he, he worked, you know, my husband worked and then I did, you know, um, you know, we couldn't, I couldn't just be a stay at home mom at that point in time, but I would waitress or do jobs like that. And, and just really enjoyed, you know, my daughter is just so amazing. We spent a lot of time at the park and the zoo and my focus was being a mom and doing whatever I had to do on the side so that I could be a mom. Yeah. Um, and then, um, six years later, uh, I had my second daughter and, um, at that point in time, well, no, we were still, we were still, you know, in that area, we'd moved to temple city. So we're a little bit, just about five minutes away from Arcadia. And so, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of plan on what I would do with like having a future. I would just do whatever jobs I needed to do. Mm. To, um, yeah. But you, you know, you hadn't, you hadn't finished college. Yeah. You... So, oh, and you know what, actually when Hillary was five, I decided to, I was, I was being a nanny for a family and I was waitressing and, and then, um, and I could take Hillary with me, which was wonderful. Yeah. And so then at that point in time, I reached out to my grandma again and I said, I really want to go back to school, but I can't do it with two jobs and a, and a family. Yeah. And so she said, okay, how about um, I'll supplement one of those jobs so, so then I could go back to school. So I went back to school. My focus was to get an early childhood education because I love kids. Yeah. And so I, I was one class away from finishing that. And I, you know, had my second daughter and yeah. once I had her and I was breastfeeding and things like that, going back and finishing that one class just didn't get done. Mm. And, and after that, I didn't go back. So you, then, you were one class away from graduating? Yes. So, and it was, once again, it's just a certificate in early childhood education. I got you. But I, but I just, I didn't finish that. Wow. <laughs> So, so you, you had your second daughter and then, um, and by this time was, you said she was five or six. Yeah. So my oldest was six and then I had my second one, you know, my second one. And then, and then, you know, my, my grandma said, I'll just keep sending you, you know, she was sending me $500 a month for when I was going to, you know, so that I could go to school and not work two jobs. Got it. And so she um, said, I'll keep, you know, I sent her the check back, like, Hey, I can't finish this class. And so I, I'm going to send you your money back because I'm not in school anymore. And 
said, I will, I'll, I'll keep sending you that money. And yeah. so not that it was a ton, but it was enough to yeah. really just help out at that time. Yeah. And yeah. you had to be approaching what mid to well, late twenties. Yeah. So now I'm like 28. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that happened at that point in time is my grandma lived down the street from me. This was my dad that I grew up with mom who was just a really fun, interesting woman. And she was needing help at, you know, staying in her house because she was falling and things like that. Yeah. So, so they hired me to go take care of her and I could take uh, Madeline while yeah. I was in school. And you know what, it was just a great opportunity for her to get time with her, her yeah. you know, great granddaughter. And, um, and I could make her food and clean her house and spend time with her. So that's, you know, that provided an income in that time to be able to be with, with Madeline and to be with Hillary. And so somewhere along the way you, um, and I don't want to like fast forward too, too far, too fast, but, um, at some point you became a, you became interested in, in being a health coach. Yes. Yes. And, and so I'm curious what, what got you there? What, and, and I don't, you don't need to fast forward, but what, what led to you becoming a health coach from, if you could move over a little bit. So you're on in the center. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Um, but you know, at some point you fast forwarded or you, you ended up in a health, in health coaching. Yeah. And that's far from early, early childhood. Yeah. education really but yeah. how did, how did <laughs> that happen <laughs> yeah right i'm not sure knowing that it's our right years that actually set our habits <laughs> right that's true that's true there might be more of a connection than we think about maybe that's, that's why we need to start putting health coaching in is in um, early yeah. kindergarten <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, um so yeah, I'll definitely fast forward in, yeah. into that. But I'll tell you, I was always interested. I was always interested in health. So when I was a kid, I loved eating. Okay. Yeah. And, and and our family, being from Iowa, they the women in our family tend to be overweight. <laughs> and so oh, wow. when I was over, when I was, I think I was ten. So I was in I was in sixth grade. So if I was ten or eleven. I was really overweight. And my aunt one day just told me, she just said, Christy, you're fat. And I was Whoa. like, wow, <laughs> that's a really mean thing to say. And Ooh. I cried. And then I realized like, oh my gosh, she's right. Cause like, I just, I guess I didn't really look in the mirror. I didn't realize it, but I just like, I was surrounded by good food. We have good cooks in our family. <laughs> and, um, and so I put myself on a diet in sixth grade, I didn't tell anybody. And I just started, one of the things that I did a lot is I would chew a lot of gum, hubba bubba. Do you remember hubba bubba? Oh yeah, I remember hubba bubba. <laughs> Big league yeah. stew. <laughs> yeah, there's no sugar in that. No sugar, right? <laughs> and so I, I actually would chew like a lot of gum and I cut out gum. Yeah. Sounds weird, like I cut out gum. <laughs> wow. And, wow. and I became more aware of like, what I ate and no. I lost 30 pounds in sixth grade. So, and this is because your aunt called you fat <laughs> yeah. and then you went to the mirror and went, Oh, 
She's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm so grateful for her. And it was. You are? I'm Yes. Because <laughs> how would I have known? Because I didn't know. You right? didn't know you were fat? What? <laughs> and so I, I told her this a few years ago and she goes, I said, what to you? And I said, I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Every, so, time I've, every time I've gotten plumped up, I walk by a mirror and I go, you are fat, dude. <laughs> that might be my aunt in your head. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, that's me in my head going, you're fat, dude. So, so. So in sixth grade, you lost 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I it actually created a fear in me of being overweight. So as I went through school and this all, you know, it's all a background for what yeah. I do is then I wanted to be thin. So when I was in middle school, high school, you know, I drink Diet Coke and I would take Dexatrim and I would try not to eat and I would do things like that. And so I was thin. And at the same time, you can be thin and be really unhealthy. Right. I was going to say, yeah, dead. Yeah, and really unhealthy in my head. <laughs> about oh what my God. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, so, you know, one of the passions I had is, you know, when I was young was like, I'd like to teach young girls how to take care of their body you know, not in this cycle of, I need to be thin, but how do you actually nourish your body? Right. So that was a, a thought I had had for many years and put it on the back burner because then once, um, you know, after I had my, my daughter, then I had my son two and a half years later, we moved to, um, Glendora and I was a stay at home mom, you know, I had three kids and I was strictly a stay at home mom. And, and I, and my focus was them. I didn't think about the ideas of, you know, helping, um, young, young, young girls with their, with their health, sure. nor did I really have the tools either, but it was just a thought in my head that I had seen how I went from being heavy, right. Mm -hmm. And then thin, but very dysfunctional in being thin. And so it wasn't until my middle daughter, you know, she, when she was young, she had a lot of, um, health issues. And so it started with like urinary tract infections when she was really young. And then she would always have a cough or she'd have an ear infection. So this like stream of antibiotics came in. And I didn't know at that time that impact antibiotics. I just listened to the doctors. I didn't know what it did to your, what it did to the body. And I didn't know what it did to the digestive system. Once mm. so she reached 10, you know, 10, 11 years old, Anytime she ate, she started curling over in pain and couldn't eat. She spent probably about three months in this condition and, and we couldn't find answers. We didn't know what was wrong with her. She missed school and my vibrant, you know, if you ever get to meet my middle daughter, she's just like, when she's happy, everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> and when she's not happy, nobody's happy. And I have a nine-year-old. Okay, you understand what I'm talking about. So this just bright light was yeah. was really fading, and 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 I was I was really terrified because I didn't know how to help her. Yeah, and took her to a gastrointestinal specialist for kids, and he said, "Well, let's put her on antidepressants and put her under anesthesia and scope her and see if it's an ulcer." What? I know. You know that I hear things like that. And, and I immediately think, cause I know some, some MDs, 
Um, I know, I know a lot of people in the medical world and there are some whack jobs <laughs> that mm -hmm. they have a medical license to. And, and so I hear something like that and it makes my blood boil literally mm -hmm. yeah. putting a child on antidepressants. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so that was not an option. I'm very uh, holistic in my approach. And yeah. so I was so lucky, you know, once again, the right people always show up. Yeah. Right. And so there was a lady in Glendora, she owned the local pet store. <laughs> she said, you've got to meet this lady um, that she actually did something called a live blood analysis. She could take a drop of blood and tell you what's going on in your body. Now it's not something FDA approved. Some people would say that's woohoo or something like that. Um, and she said, you've got to go to this lady. And, and so I made an appointment with her and, and then I, my husband goes, you're going to take her to go see a witch doctor. <laughs> wow. And, uh, so I canceled the appointment, you know, and I actually, she sent me a website of how we would need to eat following her program. And I went, oh, that's insane. Like I can't do that. And so then we went to Disneyland for my mom's birthday and we spent, my daughter and I spent the whole weekend in the hotel room with her in pain. And oh, I went, what I'm calling that witch doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the best calls I made in my life. And she said, you know, I'm not a doctor. It looks like she has an ulcer, but if you change her diet and here's the thing, we already ate really pretty healthy, yeah. but that if you change her diet, we got off of any animal products. It was no meat, no dairy, no corn, no soy, no sugar. I mean, it was strict as vegetables and lentils and olive oil and avocados. And um, she said, you're going to heal her body. And so I said, okay, game on. I cleared my refrigerator. I hired her friend to come and teach us how to cook that next day. And my daughter was, was on board. And wow. it would have been my son. It would have been a whole nother story, but she was totally on board to jump on and, and, and to eat this way. And so it was overseeing how changing her diet changed her body that then people started coming to me and they'd say like, well, my kid has this and I have this and I know that you've had really good results. So I started sending people to this woman and then I started teaching cooking classes, mm. teach them how to eat. Are, now, are you talking vegan? So not vegan, you know, but I guess I'd say vegetarian, you know, she could do some fish if she wanted to, but she said eating meat is very hard on your digestive system. Okay. And her digestive system was compromised really from the overusage of antibiotics, which we didn't know was wiping out the gut bacteria in yeah. her intestines over the years. And so we needed to repair her gut. So we had to put things in place that were easily digestible and meat is just really hard on the digestive system. Got it. So, yeah. So we weren't like away from, although we weren't really using honey either. I mean, ve vegan is going to be more like no eggs, no, no, nothing that's made by an animal. Yeah. So right. We weren't concerned about that. We were just looking at what's easy to digest. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've, I've met some, uh, when I lived in, in Vegas, there were a lot of vegans out there and, and it's like, Dude, plants live too. You know, you're killing plants. <laughs> Get over it. I'm gonna eat my steak while you're eating that live plant. At least my steak's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother twist, Ken. <laughs> you're eating a living organism. Way to go. So, okay, so if you cook your vegetables, then they're dead. Right. And then you can eat them, and that's okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> you might you might want to write a cookbook, Ken. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, we just bought we just bought a um a, 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 and I don't do you eat animal products at all? I I will eat a little bit. I feel like you know I really teach people to listen to their body. Yeah. And so you know, there's not one way of eating. You've got to listen to what's right for your body. And yeah. I feel like if I go completely, I, I was plant-based for many years, but I, um, I just feel like I have to have a little bit of, I'll usually do grass-fed beef. That's, I, we just, we just bought a, a quarter of a, a, a cow um, and it's all grass-fed. And, and we literally last night for the very first time had it. And wow. it actually is different than the stuff you buy in the store. Way yeah. different. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, even it's, if you get grass-fed organic in the store, it's going to be different than what you got. Yeah, it's right? and we bought it directly from the farm. So oh, like it was, it, yes. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Good hey, you can, <laughs> hey hi, my wife just got on, it looks like. So you can high-five her. She's the one that set it all hey. up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't figured out how to do this and comment on here. I'm not able to multitask that way. So. Oh, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there, I'm going to lose my. You can go back. You can go back later. So, yeah. um, and your friend Rana up in Sandusky, Ohio. I can't believe she <laughs> lives right up the. I mean, literally. Uh, well, I mean, it's about an hour and a half from where we are. We're in Marion, Ohio. Okay. But, um, so, so, so this, this huge diet change for your, and she was 10 years old, your daughter. Yeah. At that point now she's 11. Yeah. Okay. So this, but you had this massive change in diet. You, she no longer ate, um, she no longer ate any, any animal <laughs> <Anything>. products. <laughs> but she didn't eat animal products, no dairy, mm -mm. um, I mean, we would have like a little bit of raw cheese or something because there were certain things that, you know, she wanted cheese. So we would do okay. like raw cheese because it's easier to digest and things okay. like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and and that changed her life. It changed her life. And she's actually been vegetarian since then. It wow. became a moral issue, issue for her. Oh, and did she it? never touched anything. She won't have anything with chicken broth, nothing. She's what? been completely since 11 chosen wow. to be um vegetarian not vegan but vegetarian yeah wow yeah. yeah and so even to fast forward from that so from there like i was teaching people really for free you know how to eat and yeah. and i loved it yeah. and at the same time this program that my friend you know recommended it really is eating alkaline it's alkalizing your body which you're doing with your smoothie right yeah yeah um, was very hard for people to do. And I was lucky. I was stay at home. I could spend hours and hours making food and stocking up my refrigerator. Right. Yeah. But most people didn't have that time, nor they just, it was just way too overwhelming. And so it's been a process of learning what works. And what I didn't know at that time is the impact stress had. Mm. So even though we were eating really healthy and I was making these good foods for my daughter. Like I'd make a recipe and then she'd be like, oh, I don't want to eat that. And I'd be like, I can't believe it. Like I just made that for you. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you don't want to eat it. Like, you know, so the amount of stress I continually have to apologize <laughs> to her when she tells me stories of myself um, yeah. <laughs> and how yeah. I've impacted her. 
I'm like, gosh, you have such a mean mom. You know, my, my wife, my wife does the same thing. She'll make something and my daughter is like, my daughter is a very, very, very finicky eater. It's really, it's, it's sometimes I'm like, what do you eat child? Like she doesn't <laughs> eat much of anything. And my, so my wife will be like, I just made that for you. You're going to eat it. And she, and like, they'll lock horns over it. Like. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's challenging. And and I work a lot with kids right now in, yeah. in our local school district. And I really try to invite them into opportunities of trying healthy foods, but never putting pressure. Now the benefit I have of getting to teach this stuff in schools, which I know I haven't even told you about that yet is when they're introduced to it in a different environment a lot of times they're willing to try it, but when they're at home with their parents. <laughs> yeah. It's what Jesus said. He said, a prophet is useless in his own town. <laughs> right? You need someone else to tell your daughter, oh my gosh, why don't you try this? But whenever yeah. you put pressure, right, you're putting that resistance. Anything we resist, what do they say, persists? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so you, you, so you started doing the, um, the cooking classes and teaching, teaching people how to cook in a different way than they were used to. Yes. yes. Okay. And it was a lot of work. <laughs> was it? And, and no money. Was this <laughs> in your house? Yes. Yeah. Like you were having cooking parties like, Hey, y'all come over and learn how to cook, yeah. cook broccoli. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you see my little broccoli stuffed animal? I see yeah. it, yes. Oh, I oh. just put it there for Joe. <laughs> put, put a bunch of, of Velveeta cheese on that thing and I'll Velveeta eat it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so really then from there, a couple different things happened. One, I, I was actually studying to learn how to do that live blood microscopy with my friend. And at that same time, uh, my husband at that time lost his job. Oh, wow. and um, so then, you know, and he was the only income. And so, so, you know, I wanted to learn how to do this live blood microscopy that went out the window because training for that was $20,000. And so a few things happened at one time, I'd already been introduced to my school district when once my daughter started having her challenges, my focus went to, okay, if my daughter's this sick, what's going on for other kids? Sure. And so I got really involved in, in just my own school that my daughter was at on, on trying to help shift the PTA to serve healthier things, trying to create an awareness around health. And then, and then went up to the district level and started, okay, let's get our school district healthier. And so really found a wonderful partner in, in that um, who I work with to this day. And, and then I was introduced to the foundation that provides extra programming for the schools. And my friend wanted to bring in a program that taught kids how to read food labels. And she said, you know, you know, I want to introduce you to the foundation and I'm wondering if you would teach this program. So for four years, I worked with the district and the foundation to volunteer teaching second graders to read food labels five clues when you need to grab something in a bag, bottle or box, right? So you know whether it's clued wow. in or clueless. And, and so I said, I'll do that program as long as you let me bring in vegetables and teach the kids that your number one power foods are your vegetables. If we're gonna teach food labels, we have to teach kids to eat fresh foods. Mm. So I had been doing that for a few years as a volunteer 
And then my husband lost his job and I needed to, you know, like we needed to make money. And so one of the things that I did is I started a greenhouse cleaning business. And so, um, what greenhouse cleaning business. So I started cleaning houses with using non-toxic products. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, so that really saved our house. And so I went from being a stay at home mom to making all this food and my kids being used to me being home to my husband being home. I'm not used to that. (laughs) And, and I was gone all the time. Yeah. Cleaning houses. And, and so, um, you know, I had to tell the woman that I worked with at the school district, I'm not going to be able to volunteer in the schools anymore because I have, I have to work. I have to make an income. Yeah. And so um, she said, how about I write a grant that you get paid to teach this and, and you can expand it from second grade from K to five. Wow. And so, yeah, isn't that cool? That's really cool. Wow. And so and you weren't like you, so you didn't have any, like you didn't go to college to learn this. I did do an online college because I realized I needed to have some certification, Yeah. but yeah. I'll tell you what they taught in this. It's like, okay, drink diet Coke instead of regular Coke. <laughs> Anybody that's done some nutrition education, you can probably comment and say what you've learned. I mean, use the microwave. I mean, just, it, it was so, um, like, I was like, this is what they're teaching around health. So I didn't learn anything from that, but I did get a certification. So, you know, I could look a little more official, but I don't use any of that. It taught me what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, but, but really it's been, it's been self-teaching and mm-hmm. learning. Like I know you're such an advocate of reading books Yeah, and that that's where you've um, gained so much insight and knowledge that there's yep. so many resources around us yep. that it's been life experience and learning from others that are yeah. wise. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's incredible. So, so they wrote a grant and they paid you to teach this. In yes, but then I got to create lessons K through five. So and this is one school, this one school district. So, oh, district. Schools. so I get to work with 2,500 kids a school year. Wow. That's we on year nine. If I was, if we weren't where we are with being in our houses this morning, I'd be teaching kids the, the, the lesson of learning to, cool. uh, yeah, yeah. I would have been prepping vegetables for a hundred kids this morning. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. So it's just been so wonderful to be able to, so I went, okay, second grade, we're already reading food labels. What do I bring down? Yeah. Do I bring up? So I have a big emphasis on teaching kids to eat fresh foods and especially vegetables because kids will eat fruit. Yeah. Vegetables are something that they don't usually eat and they're, they're really the best foods for our body. Are they, are they better raw or cooked? However, you're going to get them in your body. <laughs> really? I mean, I have both. I mean, I, yeah. I, I really, there's so many different ways of eating. People have to find what's right for them. But I would say, in general, vegetables need to be on the plate. <laughs> yeah. And however you're going to get them in. So I do believe raw is important. Smoothies. My wife yeah. just put it out there. Smoothies. Oh, smoothies are amazing, right? Because you can get so much in at one time and it tastes amazing. Yeah. 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 But yeah. And, You know, and Pam says this, and I, I, I love this point, and I, I want to bring this up because, you know, 
we 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 keep there's so much information out there right there are there everybody is an expert they read an article on google and then all of a sudden they're an expert you read something on webmd and you're like but it said on webmd it has to be true and and you know that's not necessarily the case because everybody's different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you have to pay attention to your body right, right? because like you know, broccoli might be good for me, but it's definitely not good for Joe. <laughs> right, right, right. Even things like grains, like like I feel really energized when I eat quinoa. Some people get bloated. Mm, I so love. There's just not a right or wrong. Like some people can't do grains. Some people feel weak if they don't do grains. Some people don't do well with meat, and some people like have to have meat. Yeah. So it's. I'm really one, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got it. Got it. Note taken. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you have a lot of fans on here, by the way. Awesome. Um, hey, Carla. Anna and Carla. And so, um, <laughs> Robert Brooker <laughs> said it reminds him he needs a new microwave. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so, so, um, Gosh, I can't even believe we're at the almost at the end of the hour already. So, so you, so you do this stuff in school when when we're not on on yes. lockdown, yes. Um, but you also do it with um, individuals. Yes. Yeah, so what happened is I'd been teaching in the schools, and then a friend said, "Why aren't you a health coach?" And I went, "I don't know. Why aren't I a health coach?" And then. Then I became a health coach. I went and found the certification program and did that and realized if I was going to teach anybody anything, I needed to go back to digestive health. There's what, there's what my wife puts in, in our, um, Oh, awesome. That's yeah. yum. It's really good. It. It, like really, it really, really, that's really is good. Right? Huh? That's a powerhouse. Yeah, it's so good. And and that's why now my I feel it. I I literally feel it. I go yeah. from from like not being cloudy cloudy but like right. you know I'll have a little bit of coffee in the morning and then and I'm waking up and I drink that smoothie and it's like boom my brain turns on. Right. And it is you're literally getting that connection, you know, yeah. your cells are getting nourished. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. That's how you know, right? It's energizing your body. That's how you know it's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Getting sleepy, that wouldn't be such a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's after I eat lunch with some yeah. carbs. Yes. So, so 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 somebody said, Why aren't you a health coach? And what was your answer to that? Why aren't I? And what did you do about it? I went home that night and I found a program that was just a perfect fit and I signed up and and I became a health coach. <laughs> That's so awesome. And and really from that, then I did an advanced program. And I, I tend to take tools and resources kind of like you have of what you've learned. And then I've compiled a toolbox. Yeah. So I am a health coach. But what I have found is basically so much of our digestive issues come from our, our, our mindset and our emotional state. Yeah. As much as I'm a health coach, I work a lot on mindset and emotional state. So yeah. one of my goals is to teach people to be in charge of their own emotional state and how to listen to the wisdom inside their body because our body is always trying to talk to us. Yeah. I've and, got your website scrolling across the bottom. That's cool. the correct website, right? Yeah. Yes. I keep it simple. <laughs> I can't believe that was even available. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so when 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 somebody says, "Hey, um, you're just trying to keep up with the Joneses," you're like, "That's right." I'm like, you don't have to try hard. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. You know, one of the things I focus on is that one is that health is meant to be simple and fun and enjoyable and that we've got to let go of expectations and trying to really, you know, let go of image, let go of what we think we're supposed to be and listen inside to who we truly are and listen to that voice inside. Yeah. Do you yeah. know Dr. Jason Whirl? That's who gave us the recipe. He's out in your neck of the woods. Oh, I'd like to meet him. He's amazing, 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 yeah. amazing. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah. His, his yeah. daughter is an is, is an actress out there. So oh, awesome. She's been yeah. on a bunch of stuff. But yeah. so so um for somebody right now that is is um because you know, and and I know this is true, um, that the gut and the brain are actually connected. Mm -hmm. Um if if the gut is is out of whack the brain's going to be out of whack. Mm -hmm. um, so for somebody that's going through gut health issues um, right now, what, what could they do? Maybe they can't afford a health coach. Right. So um, really important is to understand what your stress level is because your stress is going to affect your digestive system tremendously. Yeah. So in our, in our live that we did together, you know, remember I taught you the head yeah. part, tummy tapping yeah. exercises that you can do that help relax your body. There's something in our body. I call it our natural state of balance, <clears throat> which a shortcut to it is a cool head and a warm abdomen. We yeah. want to create that energy flow in our body. Our abdomen needs to be warm to be healthy. So you can do simple exercises and I can post some on this stream that are on my YouTube page that help create that natural state. The more you're cooling your head off and warming your abdomen, a warm abdomen helps to the healthy bacteria in our gut. You've got to, you've got to get those healthy bacteria in your gut, but yeah. they like warm. And so that's really important is putting a practice in like tapping. Um, you know, I do whole body tapping versus, you know, the EMF tapping. Yeah. I can, I can link those videos so somebody could start doing those right now. So one is you getting your body in a place that it's relaxed because our digestive system is literally turned off when we're under stress. And it's right. not going to break down food properly when you're eating. Right, right. So another really good thing that you could do right now is boiled lemon water. So get an organic lemon. Hopefully you have a tree or someone around you has a tree. That's oh, yeah. We have a whole orchard of them. Yeah. So No, we don't. I'm kidding. <laughs> but slicing an organic lemon, just make sure it's not sprayed. It doesn't have to be organic, but you don't want pesticides on it or it's going to make your gut even worse. And boiling that, you can put ginger in there if you want to as well. But starting your day with that warm boiled lemon water, you slice the lemon and you boil it for 10 minutes and let it cool a little bit. Add a little organic raw honey if you want or not. And that's really good for your digestive system as well. Wow. So those are a couple of things people can do right now to start, you know, you know, just building a healthy digestive system. Another one is get outside barefoot ground yourself in nature i mean i know we're, we're limited to our home or but the more you're outside breathing fresh air the more you're breathing in bacteria that's good for your gut your digestive system starts in your sinuses 
My wife has a question for you. It's on the screen right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and I'd be happy to talk more if you want me to teach you something specific for her. But the head, heart, tummy tapping would be really good. There's an exercise called bullfrog breathing that I can put a link on here too, that you're, you've got to warm, you've got to raise the temperature of your intestines. Most people don't realize that cold intestines are really hard for digestive health. So mm. another thing is like getting rid of ice. I know we like our smoothies and they're cool, you know, but other than that, warming homemade soup, um, getting rid of ice because ice is really hard on our digestive system. Wow. Yeah. And, and like the smoothie my wife makes, I mean, it's, she puts a little ice in it because the Vitamix, right. you know, Vitamix will make hot soup if you let right. it run long right. enough. Yes. So like it, it just cools it down, mm -hmm. I, I guess, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know, another thing right now is just turn off the news. <laughs> you don't watch the news. I don't. Ever. Yeah, and laugh and play. Laughter and connection is so yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. So, so you keep saying I'll link a video, but isn't all of this on your website? It's not. My website really probably needs to be redone. <laughs> Got it. So my website's a little bit outdated. Okay. Um, but I can on my Facebook is probably better because I've been putting a lot of videos and I've been putting videos for parents. So be personal you know, Facebook or do you have a, a Facebook is better because more people on there. So I post way more on my personal Facebook. Okay. Well, my wife will send you a friend request for okay. sure. Yes. Um, and if you guys aren't already friends and, yes. and I'd like to mention one more thing. Yeah, yeah please. One of the things that I learned after starting my health coaching practice is really understanding the power of mindfulness mm. and it's mindfulness movement. So what I'm teaching in these exercises are bringing our mind and our body into the same location. And it is a, a mindful awareness. So that's a big focus of my work. So then from teaching in the classroom, I started realizing one of my passions is that I believe kids deserve the right to be healthy. Like bottom line, our kids should be healthy. That should be a birthright. And we're at 46% of our kids in the United States with chronic disease. That's not okay. No. On any level. No. So one of the things I started realizing is that if you can teach kids to listen inside their body, right? Start being able to put their attention inside versus outside. That is a powerful life tool, right? Mm -hmm. But for our kids to be able to do that, we have to teach the adults in their lives this. And so I give so much credit to the teachers we have. They are doing phenomenal work and they're working with, we're at more kids, you know, latest statistics I've seen, we're at one out of 36 kids with autism. We're at one out of eight kids with an attention issue. We're at one out of four kids with asthma. We're at more anxiety and depression with our kids than we've ever seen before. And, and these statistics come from Dr. Zach Bush. And if we look, there's been a huge shift in, 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 in chronic disease, just going through the roof in the last 30 years. And, and so, you know, part of that goes back to the gut, but then also teaching people how to be mindful, how to listen inside, make those choices that are right for them are key. So, so I've realized if we're going to impact kids health, we have to bring the teachers, we have to give the teachers those tools and we need to give the parents the same tools. And I truly believe if we can impact and help parents and educators have tools for self-care for themselves, 
some of these mindfulness techniques and being able to step back, take care of their own emotional state, you know, um, create that natural state. Right. Going to go a long way to create a healthy planet for our kids. You know, I I think that, and and I love what you're doing, and and you know, you may want to talk to my wife about. You know, we we've done website development here for 26 years. I've been doing it, so um, you may want to talk to her. She she does all, she does all of the website stuff now with our clients. So. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe you guys can work out a deal. Um, yeah, welcome. To, no, I mean to help, you know, a trade or something. But mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I, here's the thing. I think that, and you hear me talk about this a lot, that, you know, because I'm a coach too. And, and I, what I try to do, I'm not a health coach. I'm a, a, a mental and spiritual coach um, and business. But, you know, people are on autopilot. And, and what I mean by that is it's like what you said, <coughs> excuse me, with your aunt saying you're fat in sixth grade, right? But you, you, you know, you were fat because you're, you're, you're living your life on autopilot. You're like, we have great cooks in our family and, and grandma makes pies every night. And it, it's part of the deal. You eat a pie every night, you know? And, and so, and then eventually here you are, you know, you know, years later and hundreds of pies and you're fat, right? <laughs> so we're, <clears throat> we're living on this autopilot. Mm-hmm. And, and when we're on this autopilot, it's hard to, it, it comes down to our belief system, right? People have these beliefs that, no, I'm supposed to eat, mm-hmm. you know, meatloaf and mashed potatoes and gravy every night. That's, yes. that's, the way it's always been. And so I think that what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. I think it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And if we can get people to break, you know, if you are the pattern interrupter and you help people break those patterns, Mm -hmm. kids are actually, you know, as you know, kids can come home from school and say, no, this is the right way, mom. You know, yes, 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 yes. And it's so fun because, you know, as I'm teaching kids these tools, they'll they'll like they'll go to the grocery store and they'll look at the labels and they'll point out to their parents. Right. Yes. This 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 is not clued in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Does it have high fructose corn syrup. Does it have partially hydrogenated oil? <laughs> you sat, my wife talks about that stuff all the time. I'm like, I don't care. Just give right. it to me. <laughs> Well, we'll teach your daughter too. <laughs> right, right. You're not going to have it. And so, yeah, one yeah. of my concerns I have to say, because I have such an emphasis on mindfulness and bringing that out into the schools and for parents is something I'd say is what are, we keep hearing what adults are experiencing this time, but what are our kids in our lives experiencing? Right. I think we actually have a huge opportunity to teach from this time you know, we've always got to see what's there. I'm not a fan of sugarcoating things and, and hiding things. You know, we're in a, in, in a time that's challenging, but how can we teach our children resiliency? How can we teach them, you know, how to stay focused on what you want to create even in this time? And so that we're really moving forward and we're bringing, we're teaching this younger generation some really powerful tools, life tools that they can use coming from this time. And how can we take that into our schools 
So our schools, when they get back in session, right, they see this time is actually moving them forward. I love that. I love that. That's really one of my missions right now is, you know, is reaching out to schools and what can we put into place now that's going, that we can give information to parents now and, and educators, but then also set ourselves up really that I believe we can come out of this time improving mental and emotional health in our schools. We're going to need to put the tools in place, but that that's really my, my, I guess my, my dream and my mission coming from this time. That's so awesome. Christy, you are an amazing, amazing woman. I, I, I'm so, so grateful that you came on today and shared your story and um, your pain and your joy and your radiant energy. You're just filled with so much. Can I say one more comment really quick? Yes. You, 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 may. Off, right? yeah. you know, part of me even sharing is that I didn't have the school. I didn't right. have a lot of people think that you need. What I had was a passion that I believe kids deserve to be healthy. And yeah. I just followed that and yeah. doors opened and doors opened and doors opened. Yeah. And, and, and just followed that, that passion of, of making a difference and helping others. And so what I'd say to anybody that if you have something that's calling you, listen and let go of any of the limiting beliefs that yeah. are around that of I don't have this or I don't have that. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. That's your story too, Ken. Yeah, it is. It's everybody's story, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, when we get to, you know, you have to get to a place where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm -hmm. right? Or you're, you, you're like, I've, I've gone too long living this way. There's got to be a better way. And you start questioning everything, you know? And that's, that's the way yeah. I live. I'm like, yeah. I question everything. And if we can get people before they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's right. Shift before then. Mm, but but even even then, and, and I, you know, the message of hope here is that that wow, I just commented that is so awesome. Uh, my wife's my wife, my wife is an admin on my my um fan page, and she must be signed in as me or something somehow. But anyway. <laughs> So she's commenting and it's showing up as me. That's not weird. Um, but, you know, I think that the message of hope here is it doesn't matter how far down you've fallen or gone. Does not matter how fat you are. Does not matter. It really doesn't. Mm -hmm. There's always hope. Yeah. And all you have to do is take that one tiny little first step. And that is go to christyjones.com or look her up on Facebook and send her a message and say, hey, I'm fat, sick, and almost dead, like the movie, and I really could use um, some help here because I, I don't wanna die. you know. And, and that's the truth. Obesity kills more people in this country than in anything else because it leads to heart disease and, and, and everything else. And it kills dreams. So, you know. Anyway, Christy, you rock. I love you, I think you're amazing. And I, I'm so grateful that you um, came on and shared your story today. So thank you for that. I feel the same way about you. I've been really enjoying getting to know you and learn about you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> huh? What'd you say? Friends. <laughs> We're friends. That's right. We're good friends. So thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who's been on here. And thank you to everyone who shared this out. 
That's awesome. Well, I've seen a lot of people share it out. So I want to say thank you for that. And we will see you guys later. Christy, thanks again. Thank you, Ken. All righty. Bye-bye. Stay on here with me.